Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, let's do this. A Wednesday, October 27th edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. Flyers back in action tonight. Trying to hand the Edmonton Oilers their first loss of the 2021-22 season. They are 5-0. They come in plus 11 in gold differential. They've scored 24. They've given up 13. They've won all five of their games. They got 10 points, and they're sitting in the top spot of the Pacific Division of the Western Conference right now, leading the San Jose Sharks in second, Calgary in third, who we'll see on this trip, and Vancouver in fourth, who we'll also see on this Western Canadian trip for the Philadelphia Flyers. Flyers come into this game, oddly enough, though, after what we've termed as a, as a good start to the season. But they've only played four games, and right now they're in the bottom spot in the Metropolitan Division, the very difficult Metropolitan Division, as the Carolina Hurricanes hold the top spot with a record of 5-0. and Also, the Washington Capitals, 4-0-2 through six games. The Rangers have played seven. They've got nine points. Penguins with eight, tied with Columbus, and the New York Islanders with seven points in six games. The Devils, six points in four games, and the Flyers, like I said, five points in just four games. So back at it tonight, it's Connor McDavid, it's Leon Dreisaitl, and the Philadelphia Flyers will try to slow those two players down. And that is not an easy task. When you look at the NHL points leaders, at the top of it is Connor McDavid, 13 points. Dreisaitl in third place, just two back with 11 points. McDavid with six goals, and uh, this is a high-powered Edmonton Oiler offense and a power play that every other chance, pretty much, they net a goal. So it will be a fascinating matchup tonight as the Flyers take on the Oilers, and it doesn't look like Ryan Ellis will be going in that game as well. Now, in this episode, I had a chance to catch up with the Flyers executive Director of Community and Fan Development, and the President of Flyers Alumni. A couple of big events coming up, the Warrior Classic, and also the Alumni Game coming up on April 15th. To join us to talk about that and more, here's my conversation with Brad Marsh. Joining us on this episode of Flyers Daily, we had to have a chat a while ago, but we ran into huge storms and it got delayed. He is a former 11th overall pick in the National Hockey League. He grew up in London, Ontario, played for the London Knights, played seven seasons with the Philadelphia Flyers. He's the executive director of community and fan development and the president of Flyers alumni, also started the Flyers Warriors program. We're going to talk to him about that. It is former Flyer Brad Marsh. Marshy, how you doing? I'm doing great, Jason. Doing good. It's uh, nice to have hockey back and started and fans in the building. It's just uh, it's a good time to be around the Wells Fargo Center. Yeah, it is. That was a hell of an introduction, by the way. Yeah, it was. <laughs> sounds impressive. Sounds impressive. That's the sound of me tearing my rotator cuff, patting yeah. myself on the back. Yeah. Uh, Brad, let's real quick, I'll ask you some things about your career real quick because I think they're pertinent. Um, I just saw, you know, kind of looking through your hockey DB, you played two years with the Atlanta Flames, then you went to the Calgary Flames. So you were part of a team that changed locations and, you know, the support wasn't there in Atlanta at the time. So they shipped you guys back up to Calgary. Uh, to play up there in that great hockey market. What was that like going from Atlanta to Calgary? Because I don't know that you could move any further. Yeah, exactly. Well, you got to remember the Atlanta Thrashers moved to Winnipeg. Yeah. And uh, at least in Calgary, we have Chinooks. Uh, the Chinook winds where it's cold, but then the wind comes off the mountains from the ocean. And it'll go from minus 20 to plus 20 in a matter of hours. And uh, But Winnipeg... I think September 1, it gets to be minus 20, and then it stays like that until the following year. But you know what? It was uh, Atlanta was a neat place to play. Um, 
I know the common thought is, is we didn't have fan support, but what, what we didn't have, we didn't have corporate support. Yeah. Uh, fans were pretty good, pretty loyal. Uh, we never won a, f- uh, a first round of the playoff. We had a pretty good team, but we never won or never got out of the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And when you don't win, regardless of what market you're in, people lose interest. Uh, but as I said, the fans are pretty good, but the corporate dollar bill uh, dried up uh, when we didn't, when we weren't successful in the playoffs. And, you know, you know, hockey is, is a fan driven sport. It still is. Yes. The corporate dollars help, but it's still the, the number one contributor is the fans buying tickets each and every game. So uh, the team technically wasn't for sale, but uh, some guy from the West Nelson Scalbania was his name. Uh, walked into Tom, Tom Cousins' office, who owned the team at the time, and says, I want to buy your team. It's not for sale. Well, anyhow, at the end of the day, anything and everything's for sale for the right price. Yep. Uh, a little known fact, the team sold back in 1980 for $16 million. That's a one and a $16 million, and we moved to Calgary. And it was interesting, you know, you talk to the players. I loved it being back in Canada and being the number one sport. Cause in Atlanta, we were the forgotten sport. Uh, you know, Friday night, high school football drew better than us and so on and so NASCAR, on. NASCAR big down there. College yes, football. exactly. But yeah. I love being back in Canada where we were the toast of the town. A lot of the guys with families were worried about how their family would adjust. The kids loved it. Cause they, some of the kids saw snow for the first time. They're tobogganing, they're skating, they're doing all the Canadian winter stuff. Uh, but we had a great, uh, very good team. We were very successful that year one in Calgary. And, uh, but, you know, all in all, it was a very positive move for myself, but for the franchise as well. You know, just show them a, a, a tourist brochure of Banff, which isn't too far. And it's as beautiful yes. as it gets. It really yeah. is. Uh, let me ask you about, you know, you played a long time in the league. And, I mean, to play as long as you did, you had to be physically fit. Are you more physically fit now at 63 years of age than you were as a player? Because I know you are doing a lot. Yeah, well, I, I do uh, ride the bike a lot now. Yeah. And I put in a lot of miles. I enjoy it. It's a nice, uh, I don't know if mental break is the right word for it, but it is a nice uh, distraction from the day-to-day rigors of, of, of working. And, and Can't pick up the phone on the bike. That's right, exactly. <laughs> and... Uh, um, I, I take the phone obviously in case I have to call flat tire or whatever. And you hear the phone going ding, 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 ding out of hell with it. I ain't going to answer it. Uh, but anyhow, I do ride the bike a lot, but you know, when I broke in, in the seventies, um, weight training or physical activity outside of the ring was not, uh, was not common. And, uh, you spent the summers doing whatever you whatever you did and training camp was to get in shape for the upcoming season. Nowadays they show up on a Friday, they're playing on Sunday or Monday for heaven's sakes. And uh, I didn't lift my first weight until I came to Philadelphia. I was traded here. Pat Croce was the, Uh-oh. was the uh, strength and fitness guy. And that was my first introduction to anything off ice. And uh, so I lasted a long time, 15 years because the second half of my career, I was in one of the better conditioned players in the league. And, I looked at it, you know, I didn't have the skill that some of the other guys did. I really had to work at my game. And so if I was in better shape than everybody, that would allow me to play a couple extra seasons. And really, like I said, I worked hard. And the, to me, the games were easy because it was in such such good shape. And uh, I worked hard in practice. I worked hard off the ice. 
uh, rode my bike a lot and so on. So I, I kept myself in good shape. But I did go through a period when I retired of, I refer to it as getting soft, uh, but I was out of shape. I was fat. And, uh, you know, so 2010, I, I made the decision to get back in shape again. And now I'm a, a bike rider. And uh, you like feel great, the, don't you? Yeah. And it, you know what? As I tell people, it doesn't matter if you're 55, 65 or five years old. Everybody wants to be fast on their bike. And so there's nothing there's no better feeling than riding your bike downhill, mind you. Uh, <laughs> you're going that little extra speed. And it's a great feeling to be uh, to be going uh, riding your bike and going fast. Do you recall as a player knowing what you wanted to do when you were done playing? Because when you were done, you went into the front office with the senators for a number of years, you coached at different levels of minor hockey. You opened a sports bar in the uh, Ottawa area called Marshy's. Yeah. And you've done it all, uh, and you've been involved in the game in, in different ways. Did you know what you wanted to do, or are you just kind of uh, like one of those guys who goes, I'm going to do what makes me happy and what's in front of me? Well, the thing is, is players from my era, we all knew we had to play when we were done hockey because obviously the money wasn't there, and it was, you know, retired from hockey. Then you started your, uh, your your real job or your adult job or whatever you want to call it. Because playing hockey really isn't a job. You just get paid for doing something that you like doing. And then all along, I always thought I would get into coaching. Um, I had several offers when I first decided to retire to be a player coach in the minors, if you will. Um, I had four young kids, and I decided against that. And I had a couple offers to do this and to do this. I had a nice offer from my junior team. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, my focus at that time was on my my four kids, my young kids. And so I thoroughly enjoy uh, coaching uh, coaching them at various levels. Two of my kids took up speed skating and were very good at it. And I ended up being president of the speed skating club, which uh, wow. people people have a laugh at because I was a terrible skater. And here I am, president of a speed you skating club. you got to get that on a shirt, president yeah. of speed skating. Yeah, but you know what? I had nothing to do uh, with coaching the sport of speed skating. I just uh, oversaw the programs and all that stuff. And uh, and so, like I say, you, you get involved. And there was one team that called almost every year for several years if I would come back and get involved with them. And um, and then, you know, I kept saying no. And then your path goes down this path or this way or this direction. And before you know it, you're so far down the path, you, you can't turn around again. Now, I would love to be a coach, uh, you know, in the juniors or the National Hockey League. But, uh, you know, the, I don't want to say the game's passed me by, but I've been out of it way too long to be to get back into it and coach in modern times, if you will. But uh, and take I know all those that, little incremental baby steps to get to the high level, right? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, they, there's so many different even terminologies. They, they don't even call the boards the boards. It's a wall. Like, yeah, and they have a half wall now, too. Yeah, like, what the heck is all that stuff? And uh, in the, when I played the game, it was, it was very much north-south, as you know, because you've been involved a long time, and now you're crisscross and weaving and all this kind of stuff. East-west game now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, uh, but anyhow, like I said, the path, you go down this path, and, and I'm, I'm quite happy with the path I'm on. And uh, I, get, I got my coaching fix, uh, coaching all my kids' teams at various levels, and that was boys' hockey, girls' hockey, the lowest rung of house league to the top rung of, of uh, competitive hockey. So that was wonderful. I wouldn't change that for anything. And then now, and I know we'll get on it in a little bit, but now I 
coached the the Flyers Warriors, the disabled veterans team, and that's that's just been a joy. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm coaching my son now, and I have been for a number of years. He's a midget now, so he's U16, and it's awesome. It's just yeah. it's, it's a great way to live the game through them as well, which is so cool because you went through it as a kid, and we don't know how our parents saw everything. And then when you're doing it, you go, okay. And then you just sit there, I'm just fretting the day that he's done yeah. playing. And I'm going, oh, my God, I'm going to fall apart. But yeah. um, let's get to the Flyers Warriors because this is – this program, I'm, I'm so proud of you, Marshy, because this program is so g- great and the teams are doing so well. People have embraced it. It is bar none, the coolest jersey in sports, too, by the way. And yep. the Warrior program is just it's hit, it's an absolute home run. Tell, tell people first what the requirement is to be a, one of the players that can represent the Flyers Warriors and what you guys got coming up because you got a big event coming up. Yeah, well, first, we, we started uh, the program with a Learn to Skate program December 2nd, 2018. We had our first practice at the Wells Fargo Center uh, January 29th, I believe, of, you know, 19. And uh, I don't want to say the rest is history, but, you know, those were the two program, two practices that really set the roots. And right from the get-go, we, 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 we laid the ground rules. This is what we want to build this program in. And our thought process at the time was to build this warrior hockey team, this warrior hockey program into a team that can compete on the national level with the other warrior programs. Now there's 38 warrior programs. It's the fastest growing division of USA hockey right now. Uh, There's 38 teams throughout the USA, which is, which is really cool. And so uh, we wanted to build the program where we could compete. And that first year, uh, we worked hard, we practiced hard, and we went to Vegas for the national championships, and we won. Uh, so, you know, mission mission accomplished in less than a year. But the really the, the neatest thing about the program is we talked very early that, yes, we were going to build a hockey team, a hockey program that could compete. But what we wanted to do to set us apart from the other Warrior programs was to build – uh, to build a program that encompassed the family, that encompassed the wives, that encompassed the kids, uh, because a lot of these players, they you know they they get out of the military and then they go live in a subdivision and nobody knows what they did or what they experienced. And when they're away from or out of the military, um, and it's the same as a retired athlete, in my case, hockey player. You know, you go through a, a period of withdrawal. You go through various thought processes and everyone handles them differently. But in the military, that thought process or that withdrawal is, is with the wife too, is with the family unit. And because some of these guys experience so much in their, in their deployments and uh, some of it, not nice, some of it, not good. So we wanted to build this unit where it encompassed the family, as I said. And so our program is strong and we'll have a practice. We'll have a game. We'll have an event. And not only are the players there, but the wives are there. The kids are there. We'll have a tailgate party after practice. And there's 10 barbecues set up and there's playpen set up in the parking lot. And, and there's the tailgate game set up and everybody's getting along. And, and it's just wonderful that they have, they, they can share their experiences with like-minded people. The wives are loving it because now they can talk about, uh, I don't mean talk about their husbands in a gossipy way, but they can talk about the problems that their husbands are going through but they can talk about it with another wife who is also experiencing the same thing. And it's just been, it's just been a wonderful, wonderful time. And, you know, here we are, we have three full teams. Um, 
you know, since 2018 of dis different uh, abilities. Um, and it's wonderful. We have daycare at practice, so nobody has to miss the practice because they can't get a babysitter. We Unfortunately, we have a lot of single parents and now they can bring their son or daughter to the practice and it's great. dad or mom goes out and skates and we have daycare for them. It's great. And, uh, you know, we have continuing education set up for them. We have mental health uh, facilities set up for them to, uh, uh, it's just a phone call away. If they're having problems, they just dial a number and they're looked after right away. And uh, yeah, Marcy, it's not a stretch to say that this program is, frankly, it's saving veterans' lives. Because, look, I know from years and years and what they've gone through, so many of them, especially guys with a disability, the suicide rate is through the roof. I know over 20 veterans take their life every day in this country, and that's sad. Yes. And we haven't done enough to give them the support that yeah. they need. And a program like this, and you're part of something again, I think, because the military is sport. It's the, it, There's a lot of similarities there, right? You got to be yeah. able to look across and go, I got to depend on that guy. Not for my life on the ice, but yeah. for the, the essence of this game. And I think I think, I think, think it's so great, and I'm, I just love the program, and I, and I love yeah. supporting it, too. Yeah, yeah, it, it is, you know, saving lives. And I, I like to say it's the dressing room is saving the lives because mm -hmm. you hear the banter that goes back and forth and the, wow. and the ribbing and the, and the, and the, the it's just not unbelievable. And uh, the dressing room ha has improved a lot of lives. And as I said earlier, not just the players lives, but the family's lives as well. So like these guys, uh, they're all disabled. Um, they have to have a minimum of a 10% disability uh, to be able to play uh, in the Warrior program. We're all standing disabled. Like it's not sled hockey. Everybody has mm -hmm. their limbs, uh, so it's standing disabled. And unfortunately, most of the disabilities um, are from the shoulder up. And uh, so there's a lot of there's a, a lot of issues there, and, and, and it's funny. We laugh about it. The very first tournament, the tournament that we went in, the, the Warrior Classic, the championships that, that we won, uh, we had a couple exhibition games leading up to the to the tournament, and, and we won the exhibition games. It was really cool. And so things were going along pretty good, and then we got in our very first official game that meant something, and we went down one nothing early. It's the first time we were behind in a game, and then we went down two nothing, and then the referee was terrible. And <laughs> it doesn't matter what level you're at, the refs are always yeah. always <laughs> you still, you still have and, that. Yeah, and so it was like a switch went on on the bench, and the guys are yelling at the referee, they're yelling at the other players, they're yelling on the bench at themselves because their issues, their anger issues, and their coping. It, it, it was all triggered by us, one, being behind, and two, a couple bad calls. I had to call a timeout. It's boys, like, what the heck's going on here? I don't recognize anything about this team, what I'm hearing, and so on and so on. And uh, we spent the rest of the weekend, and we continue to talk about uh, uh, managing our anger um, and so on and so on. And so, uh, so it, like, we joke about it now, but it was like, wow, this is eye-opening. And we're hosting the Warrior Classic uh, November 5 to 7. As I said, there's 38 teams uh, in the U.S. We have 25 of them coming in to the Philadelphia area and um, 500 veterans. 
and we're we're hosting the Warrior Classic. We're the defending champions. Uh, we put a bid in to host the classic, and we won the bid. And uh, so we're uh, we're hosting. And and one of the things that we're doing with the officials that are coming in is we're having a uh, a little uh, I don't want to call it a clinic, but a, a meeting prior to the tournament, just so they understand the games that they're refing and the players that are in these games. Yeah, it's it's different. different than adult hockey. It's different than beer league hockey. Mm -hmm. They're going to hear some things that they maybe never heard before. There's a, there's a little bit of yelling and screaming back and forth more so than they've probably ever heard, but it's because of what they've gone through. Yeah. And so it's, we just want to educate the referees that one, don't take it personally. And two, they got to let some of it go. Yeah. And because it's not a beer league game, uh, it's a little different than that. So we're pretty pumped about it. We're very excited about it and uh, big undertaking, but uh we're up to the challenge. We got three teams in 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 the different tiers, and we have a good chance of uh, being successful each one of our tiers. And what's really neat too is, uh, like our tier one team is, is I want they're good. They've played hockey before. They get it. Yeah. But our tier three teams, some of them never skated before. And so just we, picking up the game now, right? Yeah, and it's awesome. and it's unbelievable. It's so much fun. And these guys, they get out on the ice, they skate, they try hard, they fall down. They can't stop, so they got to run into the boards, and and you know it's no different than mites on ice between periods at a Flyers game. It, it's and but man, are they sponges? All they want to do is learn, and it's a lot of lot of fun. So it's going to be exciting, exciting times. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's it's just such a great program, and uh, best of luck to you guys in the Warrior Classic this year for the repeat, which would be yeah. absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Uh, one of the other things I wanted to talk to you about on, on this episode is, you know, there's so much going on uh, with the Flyers and the Alumni Association. As I mentioned in that great uh, that great introduction I did, that myself on the back end, <laughs> you are also president of the Flyers alumni, and we know Flyers alumni, that's a big deal. It's a very tight group. If you wore uh, that logo on your chest, it uh, kind of carries for life and the the alumni game that's coming up well you guys have stocked the cupboard full with a lot of big names for this one um i, I know you just announced a few last week danny briere simone gagne uh, scotty upshaw's coming back into town you know first of all what are the teams looking like it's team tocket versus team holmgren because paul holmgren and rick tocket are going into the flyers hall of fame the following day uh, how are these teams looking and is there a side that i can bet that looks a little better than the other well, I guess I got to put my GM hat on now and start <laughs> dividing up the rock. I tell you, we still need a few more players because it's, uh, as you said, it's Team Talkit versus Team Homer or Holmgren, and it's uh, black versus orange. Uh, last time we had an alum game, alumni game such as this for the 50th anniversary, we played the Penguins alumni. That was and, there. Yeah, that was and that was a lot of fun. But we figured this time, let's just bring as many alumni back as we can. So, uh, so it's going to be cool. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And I tell you, just talking to the guys, hey, do you want to come in? Do you want to come in? And, and they can't wait. Like, I'm sure there's so many Flyer fans that can't wait to sit in the stands to see some of their favorites play but i tell you what the guys can't wait to get here and, and see like who's coming who's coming i ronnie sutter was in town the other night his, his son plays in hershey so he was in hershey and he drove up for the game and you know uh the first so who's coming in is muzz coming in that that's murray craven for you guys that mm -hmm. don't follow the nicknames 
Uh, and uh, yeah, Muzz is coming in and oh, I can't wait to see Muzz. And then we go down to our alumni room that we have at the Wells Fargo and I says, got to go down there. Proppy's in there waiting for you. So, oh, Proppy, I haven't seen you. And so, like, yeah. But we have as much fun as the fans do uh, who are in attendance for the game. It brings them all back, doesn't it? it yeah. Yeah. And it's good. Yeah. Our alumni, as you know, is very active, very proactive. And uh, we raise a lot of money and we give away a lot of money. And so, uh, this game here, you know, it's a, a joint fundraising effort with us and Flyers Charities, and uh, both groups do so many good things in the community. So from our standpoint, we raise a few bucks. Uh, we're just going to buy some more bikes for our Every Child Deserves a Bike right. campaign that we have. And uh, we gave a bike last weekend uh, to Scott Daniels' grandson. Uh, his daughter follows our alumni on social media and and saw the bikes that we were giving away and called dad dad look at this you got to get one of these bikes for adrian so that's it that's scotty's grandson he's got uh, a form of muscular dystrophy and so he sent me his info and every bike is custom made and so on and so on and they cost between four and six thousand dollars so we got a bike made up for adrian and we i drove it up there the other day and, and delivered it I drove it up. I didn't bother riding up with my bike with it. Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't ride and, the bike and uh, carry it. Well, anyhow, the, like the, the game is one, it's going to be so much fun. And two, it, as I said, it's raising money for uh, two great groups, charities and, and the alumni. And, uh, you know, tickets are, tickets are, they're almost the same price when I played back in the, back in the eighties. Rolling back the clock on prices. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> No, the, the price, prices are very fair. They're very inexpensive. And, you know, they just go to Wells Fargo. Uh, Wells Fargo Philly.com. Yeah, or the Flyers site. And the, everything's yeah. there. And click, click, click. And away you go. And uh, so it sure would be great to have, um, you know, have lots of people in attendance to cheer on and, and uh, cheer on the boys. And it's going to be good. It's going to be a good night for, uh, for talking Homer leading into their induction for two guys that very well deserved. Uh, will talk or Homer be playing at all? No, Homer's retired. He played, uh, we had an alumni game up in uh, Reading a few years back and uh, uh, Paul's wife's from Reading. So I think he wanted to have Reading, one yeah. game in front of the, in front of the family and all that stuff. Uh, but talk, I mean, uh, Homer, uh, Homer will be coaching and uh, just to, you know, keep things interesting. We, we brought in uh, Mike Keenan to stir the pot a little bit for team talk it. And, uh, uh, it was funny. I called, uh, I was talking to Mike just the other day and, uh, he, he's very much looking forward to come back. And I tell you, it'll be some good stories between some of the players from the eighties. Like Mike, why'd you do this? And why'd you yeah. do this? And what the hell are you doing? And blah, blah, blah. It'll be, it'll be funny. Oh, no doubt, because, I mean, Mike was a guy that demanded a ton and pushed every button he could find to get what he wanted. That's why he was a great coach, why he ended up winning yeah. the Stanley Cup in 94 yeah. with the Rangers. Yeah, you know who else come? Pelly Eklund's coming back. I saw who, that. Number who, nine. Number nine. And he was uh, – I'm just thinking of all the players that played in, in, in Philly prior to Pelly. Like, he was probably the most skilled yeah, the first hands. Skilled guy, stick handle, skate. dipsy doodle, skate, and he could play in today's he, game. His game fit today. Yeah, he'd be a rock star today. Yep. And uh, he he uh, 
he was talk center for a lot of years. And but anyhow, he's coming back. It's, it's his first time coming back, I believe, since he retired. He's never done uh, anything for or anything with the alumni, obviously, because he lives in Sweden. But uh, um, yeah, we got a. It's good. Joffrey Lupel's, Lupel's coming back, and uh, Mike Knubel's coming back. Scotty Hartnell, of course, is going to play. He's right here in our backyard. So. Uh, uh, you know, we always scout the Flyers roster for the guys nearing the end of their career because then we get get right on them so they can join the alumni team. <laughs> Start recruiting right away, right? Yeah, you got that right. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny. Pelly Eklund was actually an eighth-round draft pick, 161st overall. And, uh, I mean, he had a tremendous – I mean, he had some really big years where he was a really good player. Yeah. And yeah. Um, You're right. He was a silky skater with great hands, a little undersized, but it would have fit in today's game beautifully. Sometimes yeah. it's when yeah. you play, um, yeah, I think Todd could still play now. I mean, he's as fit as a fiddle too. Well, I was talking to him today and, you know, and he's saying, he says the problem with the alumni games is, is can't fight. Is, yeah. And he, he's lost out there because he's still you know, very competitive, but yeah. I'm in the same boat. Like I really have no skills. Like it's go to alumni games. There's lots of nice passing skating and shooting. Cause nobody hits really. Yeah. And, uh, and so there, there goes my game. I, I got nothing. And uh, talk was saying, yeah, like I get out there. I want to hit somebody. I want to, you know, grab somebody you can't do so. He's, he says he's quite frustrated when he plays in alumni games, but maybe I'll have to look over and see, find somebody that he disliked after they were teammates here and they, he did something when they're on different teams. Maybe Keenan on skates. See yeah. What happens there. Oh, there'd be a long line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there would. Of course, yeah. he showed up at Jeremy Roenick's book uh, very prominently uh, for mm-hmm. when he coached him in Chicago, of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of those stories are absolutely incredible. Um, with the, with the event coming with the alumni game, tickets in the lower level, they start as low as thirty five dollars. It's going to be a great night, and there's going to be a lot of uh, flyers. You know, there's going to be the legends of the organization will be there for that night. And and some of these guys are younger. You know, guys like Danny Breer. Danny still skates quite a bit. Simone Gagne looks like he's still in great shape. Uh, plus, you're going to have Lindros and Leclerc. And I mean, the recent Hall of Fame inductee a couple of years ago, Mark Howe. Um, I mean, this is going to be some high-level hockey. And when you're doing your GM duties, I imagine you can't split up Lindros and Leclerc to two different teams. No. Sorry about I thought you got I had an old-school phone. Yeah, and you know what, too, is is uh, that's one of the players I called today to see if they could come in. So I'll, I'll call him right after we're done here. Oh, take the call on the uh, live here. We'll, uh, we'll break the news. <laughs> Put my GM hat on. Yes. Um, uh, um, I'll write this down. Is that Mike McKenna? No, Mike's already confirmed he's coming in. Oh, That's I the key. You got to have young goalies. You got to have yeah. young goalies. Oh, I know. I've played against the alumni. It's not fun. Yeah, it's I, not I, about quality, quantity. It's about yeah. quality, and they just work it, the puck around. You know what's day. cool is uh, Donald Brashear is coming back, and it's his first time coming back for an alumni event as well. So it's it's going to be cool to see him. I've never Gosh. met him. Uh, I never met him, but. Uh, we're talking about Pelly and all his school and all his skill, but we got the all-time tough guy, uh, Mr. Dave Brown, uh, patrolling the wings. And, oh, and I don't care if it's alumni hockey; Brownie's still scary out there. Yeah, I see yeah. him in the meal room, in the yeah. press meal room before games, and I get up and leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't want to. He's the nicest gentleman in the world, by the way. But yeah, oh, nicest guy in the world. You know what? A lot of the tough guys were. Yeah, very nice, very nice off. Yeah, and you've met most of them. They're all yeah. real good. But uh, 
anyhow, um, like I said, it's going to be a great night. Come on out and uh, support us. Help the alumni buy another bike or two. Help Flyers Charities continue all the great things that they do. And it's just going to be a, a, a great night. It is going to be a great night. It's going to bring back a lot of memories for a lot of people. And, you know, with what we, all we've gone through over the past 18, 20 months, whatever, that's always good to go back mentally in for at least a period of time, not live in the present, but live in the past and kind of feel good about it and see some of these great players that for so many years, so many people cheered on wearing this, that flyer jersey, whether it was at the Spectrum or at Wells Fargo. So I'm looking forward to it. I know a lot of people are. And uh, you're doing great work, Brad. I really appreciate the time today, as always. Best of luck with the Warrior Classic coming up. I know you guys are going to do well. And then also out with the alumni game. And, again, you can go to Wells Fargo Center, Philly.com, or go to PhiladelphiaFlyers.com and pick up your tickets and support the great cause, put some bikes uh, under some kids' butts, and uh, it's going to be awesome. So thanks for doing this. Okay. Thank you, Jason. We'll talk to you later on. Always great to catch up with a hockey lifer like Brad Marsh uh, tomorrow. We're going to have a breakdown edition of Flyers Daily. Flyers in Edmonton, late night hockey tonight. And then tomorrow, we'll break it down. And we'll also get you ready for Flyers Vancouver, first back-to-back of the season. So tune in tomorrow, and thanks for listening to this episode. Have a great Wednesday, and we'll talk to you on tomorrow's brand-new Flyers Daily.